and welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. My name is Jasmine. I am your host for this wonderful series called Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. I'm repeating myself. This is what happens when you do not prepare. (laughs) (laughs) How wonderful, though. How wonderful, right? So today, ladies and gentlemen, I have a lady called Sarah Parker. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jasmine. It's really good to be here with you. Thank you for accepting my invitation. Um, People who are listening, I do not know, Sarah. We just met. Yet, you know, it was very easy, right? (laughs) It wasn't like, I guess Sarah and I don't have any problems meeting new people. (laughs) Or talking, Jasmine. (laughs) Or talking. Yeah, exactly. So, for the purpose of the podcast and to talk to the listeners, can you let them know who you are, where you're at, what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm a human being, first and foremost. Um, Oh, man. I know. (laughs) I have to say there might be some people that question that, but we'll let that one go. (laughs) But I am um, a coach. I have a background in counselling, but work much more from a three principles in a health understanding as a coach now. Um, Recently, in the last kind of four months, I have stepped out of my paid work and fully into my business, which is well of being. And, And I support all sorts of people, but I guess my biggest passion is working with people that have a difficult relationship with food and their body. Um, because I've been there and I, I know I know that struggle and I know the potential of moving beyond that struggle. And I guess what's important to me is to share with that with people that there is a lot of potential beyond their struggle with food and like a lot of potential. I'm I'm really interested in in us having actually this conversation because uh, well, people who have listened to my podcast know that I talk about my weight. You know, for me, it's like I, I refuse to go on a diet. I'm like, yeah. I ain't going on a diet. Ain't happening. Um, yet I grew up being told I was fat, like all my life. I remember, I think I was seven and I was being told yeah. I was fat, right? Yeah. And so I, I kind of have a, a, you know, a lot of thinking around that. And I'm interested to talk to you because you had you you, like can you explain to people like where you're coming from because of this so that that they understand why I'm looking forward to it sure so I mean as a child I grew up grew up being overweight um I grew up being teased for being overweight I felt different and I grew up essentially to learn that my self-worth was very much linked to my weight very much linked to my weight. And so I grew up with a, a real sense of shame about myself, actually, uh, which I feel really sad about when I think back to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and actually, in the end, that culminated for a series of reasons. But at 22, um, that culminated in me developing anorexia nervosa, which at the time looked like the solution to everything well if I get to a certain way I will be happy everything will be good that kind of outside in understanding um and surprise surprise Jasmine 
I never hit a weight where I felt okay. I was hospitalized, I was detained, I was tube fed, and it never, never quite got to the point where I found that wonderful, happy place I was searching for. I now know it's because it's not in food or weight, but I didn't at the time. And so that was the beginning of 15 years of me really hiding away from the world. A whole bucket load of shame. Shame because I was overweight. Shame because now everybody was telling me I was getting it wrong. You know, and I was totally, I didn't, I didn't know which way to turn. And so, of course, in that fear, I turned back to food and back to starving myself. And and so that's where I was for 15 years. Um, and and I think that during those 15 years, people worked on my eating disorder they didn't work for me innocently I'm not here to criticize anybody because people were desperately trying to help me I really can see that and they cared but actually what's ever everybody was looking at the eating difficulties I became smaller and smaller and more insignificant in my mind and more worthless actually you know nobody noticed me anymore until you were noticing the 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 eating disorder which was actually kind of what I was looking for because it was a great mask nobody criticized me anymore for being fat they didn't criticize me for anything really they criticized the eating disorder so innocently I created this real place of safety for me yeah got it in my mind I thought yeah (laughs) um Well, well did you think it I, I I don't think that it was intentionally. Did you did you like intentionally say, okay, I'm going to continue this, so they're going to keep looking at that? It's not a choice. Exactly. It's never a choice, is it? I think yeah. we know this. It's never a choice. Yeah, we don't know uh, we're doing these kind of things. No, no, we don't. Absolutely. And I, I I didn't know I was going to develop anorexia. I didn't know anything that was going to happen. I was just desperately trying to survive a world that I saw as terrifying. Actually, yeah. that was yeah. it. But if we skip forward, what really helped me, Jasmine, was I had a therapist who one day just innocently said to me, and you know what, it was not, it was not a kind of standard intervention from a therapist, but she said, Sarah, have you ever thought about counselling? And I laughed at her and I said, well, of course I have, I've had years of counselling. She said, no, no, you becoming a counsellor. Now, That might seem like a really trivial comment, but for me, in the language I share now, in the understanding I have now, what she did was shine a light on my well-being. She shone a light on who I was beyond the eating disorder, Mm. what I had within me beyond my ability to starve myself. And because she shone a light there, I started to shine my light there. And that was the beginning of the change for me. It wasn't, it was not about food. It was, of course, I, you know, I live, well, I was going to say I live at healthy weight. According to the charts that people like to throw about, I'm probably not within the healthy weight range. Do I mind? Absolutely not. Am I living my best life? Yes. Yes. So I'm here to say, you know what? We all have that in us. We all have that health. We all have that wellness right at our core. And sometimes it takes a bit of uncovering again. 
But that's what we do, right? We help people to uncover the magic that they've got. We're not giving them anything new. Yeah, we kind of like, I think that, I, I think like that what, I, what I'm seeing and what you're, you're saying, well, there's something that I'm holding on to not go there right away because I, I want to finish this conversation. But um, <laughs> uh, so one of the things that that I hear, like I, I, I lost my total train of thought. Um, it's, it, what I love is that I see that we 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 identify something like in, in your case, it was it was anorexia. For me, it's like, okay, I'm overweight or, you know, you're fat. And really, like, I, I, I said this to, I have, a, I have a very good friend. I don't know if you know him. His name is Rob Cook. No, no. Rob, but I will have to Google him you now. Have to Google him, you'll see. Uh, that he's actually opening the uh, 3PGC conference. In oh, my. Okay, so you, you, you have to get this to, to hear him. And I, I would tell him, oh, man. I, I'm so fat. <laughs> he was like, you know, you're also blood and water and, you know, you've got bones and, you know, and I was just like, what are you talking about? But for him, it was, and yeah. I could see it was, it was honestly the truth for mm -hmm. him. It was like, yeah, okay. And your blood and your water. And I was just like, yeah. you're weird. You're just, weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I see now, now more and more, I see, like, I also see it's not the food. It is the food, but it's not the food. Like I, I, it's my choices of food. It's hmm. like, you know, what I choose, but it's not the food. It's, it's something else. So that's why I don't want to do diets because first of all, it just adds to my thinking because I get pissed off that I can't eat such and such a thing. Yeah. You know, I get really ticked. But I am definitely looking into that, into that, but into that area and going towards there. Yeah. But what I mean is I see that I'm, I'm looking at the thought I'm, I'm, I'm looking at thought and I'm, I'm trying to understand the thought I'm working with it. Just like they were working with the illness. They were working with anorexia, yeah. right? Yeah. They couldn't see anything else. So I've got so much thinking yeah. because now I'm 52 and, you know, for 52 years, okay, I'm going to say for 50, no, not 50, for 45 years, I've been told I was fat. So mm -hmm. it's like, there's a lot of thinking there. There's a lot of learning going on there. A lot yeah. of layers. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, so the thing, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about, the thing that really you told, you said off, off camera, you guys didn't hear it, but you're going to hear it. <laughs> so one of the things that you said was that people told you when you had anorexia, that that was it you would have to be careful all your life and you said to me that's bollocks yeah and I want you to talk to that I want you to yes. speak to that because yes a lot of people have gotten like whether it's anorexia or fat or alcoholic or you know it applies to it all doesn't it it applies to it all so I really would like you to speak to that like yeah what makes you what makes you say that? What what well, makes you say it? And you didn't just say it. You were like, no, no, 
It's yeah. true. Like I could feel it in your resolve. It was like yeah. that's bollocks. It is. It is. It's absolute bollocks, Jasmine. And I'll tell you why I say it. Partly because, you know, first and foremost, I live with no, no fear, no, no comparisons of, oh, I need to be thinner because, or I never, it never occurs to me that losing weight would be a good idea anymore to cope with a problem. Starving myself would be a good idea. It, it just doesn't. It really doesn't. And I, I, I think that the more we live in a place of wellness, the more we see the world through lenses of well-being, the less we fear. And actually, when we are using food, however you, we're using it, whether we're starving ourselves, whether we're binging and purging, whether we're binge eating, whether we just comfort eat, whatever, just nothing, it's all a tricky relationship with food. And, and yet, that relationship with food is what we are using because we think we need it to deal with whatever sticky situation we see in. But when we can see that actually we have the resilience, we have the well-being within us, we have that magic within us that is going to help us through that sticky situation anyway, that relationship with the food starts to become less significant in, in, in those tricky situations. Now, it doesn't straight away. And, you know, I'm, what, 15 years past my last treatment for anorexia. And as those years have gone on, those thoughts that felt so intrusive, so powerful to me at the time, I mean, they, they no longer, if they enter my head, I don't even notice them. But even in the earlier years, post-treatment, living a life beyond anorexia, I would say that those thoughts came and went. And so long as I could see that they had no power over me, unless I gave them that power, so long as I could see that without me acting on them, without me trying to get rid of any uncomfortable feelings that they brought, they would pass on their own. And it's as if, you know, we, we talk about somebody knocks on the door and you ignore them. And so they knock harder and harder and harder. And if we try and ignore a thought, of course, it gets louder. It's the nature of it. You know, like you said, if I think that I can't eat that food, I'm going to think about it a whole lot more. But if we can come to a place of not fearing our thoughts, watching them, observing them, seeing that they're, they're just energy that passes through us, then they become less and less and less significant. You know, and I often say to people, I can think about raising my arm and I can think it all day long, but unless I act on it, my arm ain't going anywhere. And, and when we see that, we see that those thoughts only have power when we identify with them, when we, be, when we see them as part of who we are. But actually, when we can do that, when we can observe them, when we can view them 
when we can create some space between them and us, we see that actually they're not who we are. They're not how we are. They're just stuff that passes through us and it can come and go. But I'm not on the lookout for these thoughts anymore because they're not snipers that are out to get me. They're just thoughts. And yes, they have looked really powerful, really powerful to the point where I, you know, I was probably very close to death quite often. Mm. But I didn't die. And I'm still here. And something else for you to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more for me to do. And, you know, Jasmine, I'm glad there is. I'm glad there is. And I'm glad that I'm here to say, you know what? It's not who we are. We're not a weight. We're not a size. We're not a shape. Because if that were the case, I would be an entirely different human from when I was 15 years ago or when I was 30 years ago. But I'm not. You know, I've had a lot of learning and there's a lot more, there's a lot more language that comes out of me right now. But that's not because I'm a different human. I'm not, I'm not a changed person because I'm a changed shape or a changed size. Can't work like that. We are ever changing. We're fluid. Our identities are fluid and, and our bodies too. Let me ask you, what, what is the biggest thing? So if you if you think back of, you know, when you were in counseling for anorexia, like, again, you were you, you were still you. What is the biggest thing that you remember that you kind of like went? Oh, like really, you were able to detach from the thought. Mm. Do you remember? I'm sure there's more than one, but is there one specific that you remember that you could share with us? Not necessarily a thought. Well, I guess it was a sequence of thoughts. One of the most important things that I started to see was I didn't have to hate myself for my sight. Didn't have to hate myself, whether I was overweight or not. It didn't matter. Mm. And so, and I didn't have to hate my body. I'd learned to hate my body from all the messages I'd had as a child about being overweight. I'd learned that stuff. I'd learned that my body wasn't enough. And I'd somehow learned that my body was against me. And actually, when I started to say, hang on a minute, this is the vehicle I live in. I don't want to die. wants to live for me. I... I didn't, it was a process for me, Jasmine. It was a process of calling a truce at first. I couldn't go, or I didn't see that I could go from hating my body to loving my body in one step. But what I did was I called a ceasefire. I called a truce. I wasn't at the point of loving it, but I didn't have to attack it anymore. That was really important for me and, and has always been. Because even now, I'm 53, I'm menopausal. My body is changing without my permission, damn it. And 
Yeah. <laughs> you know that one? <laughs> I know that one. But do I have to hate it for that? Do I have to fight it because of that? No. It's not doing anything against me. It's not doing anything to harm me. It's what I thing. It's doing its thing. And it's doing the best thing it can possibly do to give me the best life I can possibly have. And when I can love my body for what it gives me, because actually my body has loved me all my life, even though I didn't see it, despite being starved, despite years and years of starvation, somehow it survived. It's just created the most incredible magic. So when it didn't have the nourishment it needed, it took all its resources and gave them all to my heart and my lungs and my brain to try and keep me alive. You know, and what I started to see was, ah, my body is not my enemy. It's the best friend I'll ever have because no matter how I treat it, it loves me back unconditionally. And it mm. is always trying to find that equilibrium where it can be the best it can. And so part of my journey beyond anorexia was not to go to, you know, the standard chart is healthy weights between a BMI of 20 and 25. For me, it was, I'm going to let my body decide. I'm going to let my body decide where it needs to be, to be at its best. And, and I think this is a difficult thing. In the society that we live in today, we're given diets, they clearly don't work, else the diet industry will be on its knees and it's flourishing. So we know that diets don't work. Yeah. We know that knowing calories on food don't work because yeah. else other, everybody will be sorted. Yeah. So for me, all of that information out there takes us away from the real information that we need. And that's looking to our bodies. It's coming back inside and listening. How's my body feeling? What messages is it giving me? But we miss all that magic because we're busy looking out there to all the information that people are giving us. And I think for me, what was key is, ah, my body's not my enemy. Damn it, it's my friend. It's my best friend. It's here to give me the best life it possibly can, no matter what I'm doing to it. Yeah, our minds is so, so... So I feel like saying arrogant, mm. <laughs> like our mind is arrogant because it thinks it knows what size we should be, what yeah. we look like, you know, what size shoes or what size pants we should be wearing, not shoes. I mean, everybody's going to have to wear the shoes they need to wear, but you know, you know, like we kind of like, we have this thing where, and one of the things that I saw for myself is, was that my my preferences, my preferences were thought. <laughs> I, I never seen it. Like, I remember going into this, I, I was doing this class. And, you know, they were, they were trying, they were, we were looking at where this was an exception, you know, where we saw that the three principles, the, the understanding of mind, thought, consciousness, how this all works together where we thought that it was an, ex there was an exception. Yeah. And I remember sh sharing that, well, you know, sometimes I just don't want to do that. And that's true. I really just don't want to. And they were like, okay, so you're talking about your preferences. And I, I bursted out laughing because I never seen 
that a preference was a thought. I thought that was just so hilarious. And yes, like I would prefer to be, you know, uh, a size two. No, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I don't think I'd like, I, I'd prefer to be a size 10, you know, yeah. and I'd prefer to wear, uh, you know, medium. And I, pref- yeah, I'd prefer that. You know, but honestly, I'd prefer that because I heard somewhere that that looks better and I would like to look good. And so, but there's, it's just so intertwined, you know, and at some point I'm just like, I don't even want to think about it. Like, can I just be me? And you know, your preferences, I would suggest, Jasmine, that's mine as well, aren't even yours. Somebody Mm. else's that you innocently took on. Yeah. You know, so it's not even that you prefer this. It's that you've learned that somewhere and, and, and innocently thought it was yours. Yes. <laughs> yes. Me too, all of us. And so I think when we can start to see that, we can even have a bit of wriggle room from our preferences because not even ours, really. It's just yeah. stuff that we've picked up along the way. When I'm working with people, I often get my Russian dolls out. And that tiny little doll in the middle He's still within us. He's just got layers and layers and layers of thinking as we've got bigger. And yet, if we open up those layers, what we deeply know at our core, that home base of love and joy and peace of mind is still in there. You just can't always see it because it gets covered up in layers. And that's all our preferences are as well. You know, when we're born, we don't care what size we are. We don't care how much we eat or how much we weigh. We cry when we're hungry. We stop crying when we're not hungry anymore. Yeah. We cry if we're cold. We cry if we're in pain. We stop when we're not. And it's that simple. And that part of us is still in there, that tiny little Russian doll at the centre. And then we learn some stuff. Yeah. We take it on. And we believe it innocently. Yeah, you shouldn't cry because you're a big girl. You shouldn't cry because you're a man. You shouldn't cry because yeah. of this. Or you shouldn't eat that because of this. You shouldn't. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, can I just live? Yeah. Right. You know, can I just yeah. live and live and my life and have you fun and, and do what I want? That's why the podcast is called Live the Life You Want. Yeah. Like, now that you're seeing the power of thought, now that I don't know if, I, if people are getting a sense of what we're talking about, but I can see the power of thought and I can see like, okay, so I mean, of course I'm living with it. We, we all live with it, but it's kind of just like, I, I tried to, to, to figure out, okay, when I was first inside this conversation, I was in this conversation, I would start l- thinking okay well okay well I see the power of thought I mean but what the hell I mean how do I freaking know where to go at this point you know it's kind of like yeah I, I can't okay I can't think that or no I can't think this oh okay that that's bad that okay that's good but that's thought that like so I really started freaking out and I I really saw at one point what Sid Sid Banks you know for those of you who don't know who Sid Banks is, is the person who, you know, came up with this understanding, who saw the understanding and he just had a revelation and, and he's just like, it's a feeling. Look for a feeling. So 
you got to trust the feeling. If the feeling is shit, it's not for you. It's the, the answer is telling you that's the yeah. answer. Yeah. Right. I was talking with a cousin over the weekend and she was like, you know, fighting with herself. You know, she was like, oh, but she was thinking of dating this guy and she she judged him when she first saw him. And and but but at her first when she first saw him right away, she knew, no, I'm not attracted to him. But then she put a label on why she wasn't attracted. To him. Yeah. Well, he looks like this. He looks like that. He does this. He does that. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. <laughs> And then she she actually saw all the thinking and she said, I can't do that. I, I, I have to give him a chance. <laughs> right. So now she took that whole thinking. She flipped it over to the positive because she had had it as negative. Now she flipped it over to the positive. Yeah. And then she says, I'm going to give him a chance. But she's feeling like shit. So like she I'm like, but you had your answer from the beginning. That first little bit, put a full stop after it. And the rest of it, we know, is thought. That first bit, that's yeah. what you're listening for. Yeah, yeah. totally. You know, I... We just, we just forget, right? We just... Yeah. Well, we, we've, we forget that, that first thing. You don't have to put a label on it. You don't have to describe it. Just listen to this. Yeah, yeah. And we will, because we're humans. We're really good at doing that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think there's, you know... We are humans. There's no getting away from that's how we show up. We have loads of amazing thoughts, and they're creative, and they give us all sorts of, you know, joy as well as disappointment and fear. And there's nothing wrong with that. But actually, sometimes when we get so intertwined with them, and we think that they're all real and they're all who we are, that's that's when we struggle. I think sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I each year, I do a skinny dip. Now, I'm not prone to taking my clothes off in public. I'm really not. <laughs> However, a few years back, I saw that this was happening in the northeast of England. The sea's really cold because it happens in the end of September. Really cold. The cold sea didn't bother me, frankly, nearly as much as stripping naked in front of seven or 800 people. However, <laughs> I, I saw that this was happening and I first did it because I thought, you know what, this is my final wave goodbye to anorexia I am not going to apologize anymore for my body and I had the most amazing time that I do it every year now every year and it is the most incredible place because on that beach there are hundreds of people not one body is the same and there's a lot of anxiety especially for the people that have never done it before the gongos people strip naked leg it into the sea as quick as they can because frankly rather than being naked in the fresh air they'd rather be covered up by cold water <laughs> but but you see on that bod on that beach that's where you see that essence of who we are because it doesn't matter whether you're thin fat somewhere in between young old male female tall short none of it matters there is and as I speak about it, it, it gives me shivers because there is a beach filled with loving connections. That's all that is there. And, and I think that often I say to people, come along and do it. And they'll say to me, oh, no, I'm not comfortable enough. I'm not confident enough on my body. 
I don't think my body's amazing, but my thoughts about my body don't stop me stripping naked. And that's the thing. We can start to see, I can think whatever I like, but I don't have to, I don't have to take a notice of any of it. And that's the power that when we see the essence of who we are, that loving connection, that that kind of being nature rather than being a thing, that's where we start to see just the magic that we are. And we're human and we have thought too. <laughs> you know, and it's beyond that. It's beyond that. Sarah, that is a perfect end to our <laughs> podcast episode. We've got to end already, Jasmine. I'm telling you, it went quick. It was done. But it, it's a perfect, it, it's a nice bow. You just bowed it. Uh, <laughs> But for for the people who are listening, I am going to put everything in the description, but just for the hell of it, if they want to get in touch with you, what do they do? They can find me on Instagram and that's wellofbeing13. They can find me at wellofbeing.co.uk and that's my website. Um, They can email me at hello at wellofbeing.co.uk. And I will respond to anybody that wants a conversation. Anybody that just wants to send me anything, I'll always respond. There's a joy in connection. But yeah, get in touch if you'd like to. It was so much fun to meet you. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're you're a beautiful surprise. And uh, I'm, I, I wish you luck in everything that you do. It's been a joy, Jasmine, an absolute joy. Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's been a wonder to meet you. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody who is listening. I'm going to say, hey, dream it, dare it, do it, live the life that you want. Have a good day. (laughs) You say it so well.